message here today. Uh, we're at a serious time in this nation, if you haven't noticed. And, uh, of course, we've set aside some special times to pray after the services. We have such one today. However, we're not going to stay after today and pray because I'm going to incorporate the prayer for the upcoming elections in the nation in the end of my message. And so I'll be praying and you can be agreeing and say amen today. How about that? And okay? And because I'm going to minister and share along those lines. You know, um, we have a great country here. and uh, But uh, some things have happened over the last several decades that have made it not great. You can't kill as many babies in the abortion clinics as have been killed and say that the nation is great. A lot of people disagree with that, but it's just so. Um, Last week, I uh, talked about the uh, top five things you should consider as you go vote. Now, of course, it's not up to me to tell you how to vote. That's your business between you and the Lord. Um, But there are some things as a Christian that you should know as you go in to vote. And by the way, I'm convinced that if you don't vote, that is the wrong vote. People have, soldiers have bled and died to give us the right to go vote. I believe that if we don't go vote, we we trample on their blood. Uh, that's, That's what I think. And so it's a great right to be able to vote. Go out and vote. But consider these things. Remember last week, consider the judges. Consider the judges on the Supreme Court. You need to think about that. The Bible is very clear that uh, really, more importantly than who sits in the Oval Office is who sits on the Supreme Court. But who sits in the Oval Office, uh, you know, puts those people on the Supreme Court as they're confirmed by the Senate. And of course, who puts the guy or the girl or the woman in the Oval Office? You or me. Is that correct? Through our vote. So our vote is very important. So consider the judges. Which candidate is going to put the judges in there that will line up most of all with the word of God? How is the candidate, how do do they stand on Israel? You know, if we bless Israel, God will bless us. If we curse Israel, God will curse us. That's very, very simple in, in the Bible. Also, how does the candidate stand on marriage and sexuality? You need to consider that. And then, uh, you know, marriage is honorable in all. And marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman. That's what the Bible says. So don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And then, of course, consider how your candidate stands on public acknowledgement of belief and conscience. How does the candidate stand on that? In other words, is the candidate going to force a... Baker to make a cake for a homosexual marriage? You need to think about that. Or are they going to put that baker in prison if, if, they, don't, if they violate their conscience? Did you get what I just said? You know, How does your candidate stand on how you acknowledge your belief publicly? And then also abortion. How does your candidate stand on that? As I've already said, I, I, I just don't see how a Christian... I just don't see how a Christian can endorse abortion. I, I just don't, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I don't see how a Christian can endorse homosexuality. And you know me, I, we don't put homosexuals down. We love them. You understand that? 
But the Bible says that that's wrong. Do you, do you understand? And so, yes, the nation is great, but when you, you know, when you put abortion up there as legal, which happened in 1973, and then what, just a year or so ago, uh, redefining of, of marriage, nation that is great doesn't do that. So, having said that, we need to continue to pray, don't we? Very serious. And so let's go to Daniel, the sixth chapter. I just felt impressed to the Holy Spirit that we need to look at Daniel's prayer as he prayed and use that as a model for us today as we pray at the end of this message. You know, Daniel, notice here in Daniel 6, verse 4, I'm going to read several verses from the New Living Translation. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. Daniel was a prophet. He was also a statesman. You understand that? He worked in the court of the, of the king, if you will. And, uh, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Now, that's a good thing when... Folks can't find anything about you to criticize or condemn. It says he was faithful, Daniel was faithful, always responsible and completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law, notice, make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lion's den. That's a bad law, isn't it? That's a bad law. We shouldn't be praying to any man. Our president or anyone but to God. It's a bad law. But they passed a law. And if you violate the law, you go into the lion's den. And then in verse 8, now your majesty issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. Uh, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed... He went home and hid under his bed. Is that what the Bible says? It doesn't say that. It says he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room and with his windows shut. Say that? With his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. How many of you know we ought to obey God rather than man? Now we should follow the rules and the laws of the government. We should. The Bible teaches that. But the Bible also teaches that if man's laws violate the laws of God, we need to follow the laws of God rather than the laws of man. Okay? And so that's what Daniel did. They passed the law, but it contradicted what he, what, what he, he knew in his heart he was supposed to do. Before God, so he went home, opened his windows, and knelt down and prayed. I've got a lot of respect for somebody like Daniel. How about you? Now, then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking 
for God's help. And of course, if you read the rest of the story, guess what happened? He got thrown into the lion's den, didn't he? But God delivered him out of there, didn't he? So Daniel got thrown into the lion's den because he obeyed God rather than man. Now, America stands at a fork in the road right now as it pertains to its direction. You need to realize that. The candidates that are there pose two very different visions for this nation. Most of the political arena, and by the way, if you have trouble with me talking about politics up here as a minister, that's what a minister should be doing. Well, church and state, church and state. You need to understand that church and state was put in there to keep the state out of our business, not us out of their business. You need to understand that. Okay. Now, two very different visions. And and you need to realize that America is at a fork in the road right now. You also need to realize that most of the political arena... I said most of the political arena and most of the media has become altogether corrupt. And one of the reasons that the political arena is so corrupt is because the media has become so corrupt. If the media was fair and and was fair and was no respecter of persons, you wouldn't have all of the dishonesty that you have in the political arena. You need to understand that. But both have become, for the most part, altogether corrupt. And it is time to drain the swamp. If things continue as they are in this nation, Christians, both ministers and laity, you know what I mean when I say laity, non-ministers, you and me together, will be persecuted in the process of time like never before. The time will come when a minister such as myself publicly from the pulpit will read certain portions of scripture or just even what I said here today as I opened the the, the service. You realize when I open this this message, that's not going to win a lot of friends and influence a lot of people necessarily. The things I said here to open, I'm convinced that if the nation goes and continues in the direction that it's in, The day will come, and I've been telling you this for about 15 years. People laughed at me back there then when I said it, but they're not laughing now because it's happening right before our eyes. When I get up and say certain things that line up right with the Word of God, like marriages between a man and a woman, his husband and a wife, if this nation continues on this direction that it's on, there will be police officers and or military people standing at that door To put someone like myself in handcuffs and take me to jail. Do you understand that? And we're not too far from it right now. This is very serious, dear friends. What has happened. And one of the reasons it's happened is because so many Christians don't vote. Did you hear me? It's it's sad. The Christians have allowed this to happen. The Spirit of God said to me some time back, He said, if this nation fails, He's going to hold the church responsible. Do you hear me? 
But things, they can still be turned. It can still be changed. But we're going to have to act quick. Okay? Now, you know, Daniel got thrown in the lion's den, didn't he? And ministers, Christians will be going to prison. You know, there's Christians already have lost their businesses, have been fined enormous amounts of money for refusing to bake a cake for a homosexual marriage. Is, is that, is that, or union? Is that right or not? That's already happening. And, it, and if the nation stays on the course it's, it's, it's on, it's going to just get worse and worse and worse. So you need to understand that. So now if we turn to Daniel 9... We not only see Daniel at prayer, as in Daniel 6, but in Daniel chapter 9, the Holy Spirit allows us to hear what he says. And I believe this is a good example for us to pray at this time. And I'm going to use this as, a, as my, my, my guide for as we finish up with prayer here. Okay? So give me about 20, 20, 20 or so more minutes. Will you do that? Okay. In Daniel 9, notice here verse 1. In the first year of Darius, so that gives us the time that he's praying. And and then verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. That he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations or the judgment, you know, of Jerusalem. Now, the circumstances in which... Daniel was praying is a bit different than the circumstances here in America at this time. When Daniel prayed, judgment was coming to an end. Judgment on God's people was coming to an end. Here, I believe in this nation, the judgment is pending upon this nation. Did you hear me? Millions and millions and millions of babies slaughtered, the redefinition of marriage, God thrown out of the public square, thrown out of the public school. All these things, you know, draw the judgment of God in the process of time. And God is a good God. He's long-suffering. He's slow to judgment. How many of you are glad he's slow to judgment? He, you know, but eventually, if there's no repentance, he will judge. And so Daniel was ministering at near the end of the judgment at that time. I believe we're ministering here with the judgment of God pending upon the nation. Did you hear me? The judgment of God pending. Somebody said God would never judge the United States of America. Well, he judged judged Israel. And they had the same attitude. He'd He'd never judge us. And he did. Now notice verse 3, then I set, Daniel, set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. That just means that he had humbled himself completely before the Lord. That's what God's looking for us to do as Christians, humble ourselves completely before him. Now first, notice here, Daniel recalls God's character. As Daniel prayed to God, and this is a good thing for you to do, for me to do as we pray, he recalls God's character. Look at Daniel 9, verse 4. He says, now this is New King James Version. He says, and as I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy, 
with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. Notice verse 7. He says, O Lord, righteousness belongs to you. And then in verse 9, he says, To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. So what did he do here? He recalled God's character and his characteristics. So that's the first thing that he did. And then the second thing he did, he confessed the sins of the people and he did this as an intercessor. What is an intercessor? An intercessor is someone who stands in the gap for someone else. Now, we just read just a while ago that Daniel was upright in all of his ways, wasn't he? He was a good man. He was a a godly man. So he wasn't necessarily praying this for himself. He was living right before the Lord. But he was praying this as an intercessor for the people, some, an intercessor, someone who substitutes in for someone else. So that's how he was praying this prayer, as an intercessor. And notice he confesses the sins of the people. So first of all, he reminds God of his great characteristics. And, and he holds them before God and he worships God. And then he begins, as an intercessor, to confess the sins of the people. Look at Daniel 9, verse 5 here. He says, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, or to our fathers and all the people of the land. And then verse 11, notice this. And all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And then look at verse 13. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. So he, he, he confesses the sins of the people. Do you see that? And then thirdly, what he does is he acknowledges the penalty for the sins committed. In other words, he tells God, we, we knew what your law was. We knew what your word said, but we, we, we missed it anyway. See, he didn't miss it. He lived right, but he's standing in for the people. And he says, he confesses where they missed it. And then he says, God, we knew what your word said. We knew that if we disobeyed you, what you would do to us. You know, God is a very fair God, isn't he? And, and he, he gives fair warning. And he tells us what he expects of us. And so then we see Daniel, the third thing that he does is he, he acknowledges the penalty for the sins committed. Again, if you look at verse 11, he says, yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice, therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out on us because we've sinned against him. And then in verse 13, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster will come on us, yet we've not made our prayer before, our, before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. So, so we see that Daniel, he, he reminds God of his character and worships him. He confesses the sins of the people. In the, in the light of knowing what God's rules were and that if they were broken, then God would, would judge. And then finally what he does in verses 16 through 19, he says to the Lord, he says, he says, God, hear my prayer, forgive our sin, and then act. Notice, let's read these verses. Verse 16, O Lord, 
According to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. Because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are are a reproach to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your ear, your, open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. You see that not because of anything we've done, but because of who you are and what, what your mercy. And then verse 19, he says, Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. So with that in mind, he worshiped God for who he was and who he is. He confessed the sins of the people in light of knowing what the punishment was for transgression. And then he asked God to hear, forgive and act. So with that in mind, I want to close this service. And lead in prayer. You can remain seated because this is going to take about 10 minutes. You know, prayers don't have to be real long. They don't have to be hours long to get through, do they? You know, some of the greatest prayers in the Bible, you know, are real short prayers, you know. So I just want you to, if you're sitting next to your spouse, just just grab hands with your spouse. And bow your heads. And close your eyes. In the presence of a holy God, I'm going to lead in prayer. And at the end, if you agree with it, you say amen. If you don't, then don't. But uh, but listen. And as we pray, let your heart agree with this. If you find it to be in line with the word of God. So with Daniel, Daniel's prayer as a model, let me lead us in prayer. Lord God Almighty. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are a majestic God. You are a God of glory and a God of excellence. You are great and there's none like you. You are holy, you are wise and all powerful. You are a good God, a merciful God, a long-suffering God. Full of truth. And your word is truth. You are a God of salvation. And a God of wonderful works. You are a God of comfort. A God of justice. A God who gives good counsel. You are a forgiver of sins. A healer of the sick. And the oppressed. A provider a deliverer, a protector, a hearer, and answerer of prayer. As an intercessor, I confess the sins of America in conjunction, sir, with the understanding of the punishments thereof. We as a nation have turned from you 
and dismissed you from the public square and from the public schools and from the institutions of higher learning which once declared your name. We have sinned and forgotten you. We have forsaken you, the living water. And we've dug our own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Knowing that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Knowing, sir, that the wicked will be turned into hell and all nations that forget you. Lord God Almighty, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So many of the pulpits of America have left the preaching of your holy word and have turned aside to telling people what they want to hear, preaching only messages of encouragement and leaving out the message of repentance, using the spirit of the world, a spirit of entertainment to draw and enamor crowds of people, all the while knowing That the time is coming when people will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction. But having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather themselves to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors that they hold. Knowing that they'll turn aside from hearing the truth. And wander off into myths and man-made fictions. Sir, knowing that the Spirit has expressly said that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Sir, knowing all the while that people can believe a lie. And be condemned. For such things we ask your forgiveness. We have not heeded the warning of the first president, George Washington, when in his first inaugural address, sir, he said we ought to be no less persuaded that the proprietous smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. Heavenly Father, we have shed innocent blood through abortion. Knowing that one of your Ten Commandments says, you shall not kill. Knowing that the shedding of innocent blood brings a curse and judgment on any nation. Sir, we have changed your ordinance of marriage, of that between a man and a woman, and have turned aside after abomination And homosexual sin. Knowing that you said in your word. That a man shall leave his father and mother. And be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. Knowing that you said in your word. Marriage is honorable among all. And the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers. God will judge. Knowing sir what you said in your word. That the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that we should not be deceived that neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals will inherit your kingdom. 
We as Christians, I believe, have sinned when we have not exercised our right to vote. To vote to allow unrighteous to obtain power. As we've neglected that right, sir, the unrighteousness have come into power. Forgive us, sir. Forgive us for not voting. Forgive us for not voting. For so many haven't voted. Christians, your people, called by your name, have not voted and have allowed the unrighteous to come into power. And, sir, we we repent of that. We're sorry for that. Forgive us for that. And, sir, I pray that Christians in this nation at this time, as we are at this fork in the road, would rise up like never before. And they'd walk into the voting booths. And they would vote in line with your word. Sir, I ask that they have no rest. That they can't eat right. They can't sleep right. They can't function properly. Talking about Christians, sir. That they'll not be able to function properly. Sleep at night properly. Eat properly. That until they make a decision in their heart. That there'll be an unrest about them. Until they decide in their heart that they're going to vote. And that they go into that voting booth and vote in line with your word. Sir, I continue to pray as we've been praying for the last many weeks. In an assignment that you've given me personally to pray that that which is done in darkness would be brought to the light. Lord God Almighty, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I hold you in remembrance of what our first president, again, George Washington, prayed to you in one of his Sunday evening prayers. And I quote his words to you on behalf of myself, behalf of this congregation, and on behalf of the United States of America, when he said, O most glorious God, In Jesus Christ, my merciful and loving Father, I acknowledge and confess my guilt in the weak and imperfect performance of the duties of this day. I have called on Thee for pardon and forgiveness of sins. Let me live according to those holy rules which Thou hast this day prescribed in Thy holy word. Make me to know What is acceptable in thy sight. And therein to delight. Open the eyes of my understanding. And help me thoroughly to examine myself. Concerning my knowledge. Faith and repentance. Increase my faith. And direct me to the true object. Jesus Christ. The way. The truth. And the life. Bless O Lord all the people of this land. From the highest to the lowest, particularly those whom thou hast appointed to rule in church and state. And Lord God Almighty, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I close this prayer for the United States of America using some of the words of Daniel the prophet. When he said, oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations. And the nation 
which was founded on your word, this nation of the United States, and on your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, forgive our sins, which are many. And oh, sir, as that lady that was caught in adultery was brought to you and placed before you. And you said to the people that were accusing her, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And they all dropped their rocks and left. And you ask her, woman, where are thine accusers? They've all left, Lord. And you said to her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Sir, I ask that a great enlightening would come to this nation. And that I know that you wouldn't condemn us and judge us if we'd repent. So I ask you to hear our prayer and forgive us. And we endeavor to go and sin no more. Hear our prayer. Forgive our sin. O Lord, listen. And as Daniel humbly asks you, I humbly ask you to act on what we have asked you here today. Do not delay for your own sake, my God. For this nation and your people which are called by your name. In the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the head of the church, I pray. And all of God's people that agreed with that real loud said, Amen. Amen. Stand with me if you would. Hallelujah. Let's just stand for a moment in the presence of God right before we're dismissed. Hallelujah. I believe if we pray in line with the word of God, that God will hear us. I believe he has, and I trust and know that he'll act. Praise God. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We bless you and we praise you. We magnify your holy name forever. We magnify your holy name forever. We worship you. We bless you. We magnify your holy name forever. Go ahead and just raise your voices in your own way to him. In your own way, however you worship him, just raise your voice to him. Worship Him, bless Him, we praise You, Lord, we magnify You, we glorify You, we bless You, Lord, we bless Your holy name forever. You are a good God, you are a good God, you are righteous, you're holy, you're just. We bless Your holy name, we bless You, we magnify Your goodness, we magnify You for You are good, and it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. We proclaim the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
knowing that there is a severe side to you. And it's not your will to ever show that side. And that as long as we'll walk right upright before you, we don't ever have to see the judgment side. We bless you and we praise you. We magnify you. We bless you and we praise you and we magnify you. We bless you and we praise you and we magnify you. We bless you and we praise you and we magnify you. I know this. We don't have to be afraid because God knows the end from the beginning. And there's nothing that has happened, is happening, or will happen that makes him nervous. He is almighty. He is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And he knows the end from the beginning. And he's not afraid of anything. There's no fear in him. Because he is love. Say, God is love. There's no fear in Him. I'm a child of His. So there's no fear in me. I will not fear what man can do to me. Because I serve God. God the Father. God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And God the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Well, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you've never received Him, then as I dismiss here in just moments, walk up here to the front. There's some men and women. There's a man over there, a woman here. Just come up front and say, hey, I want want to know Jesus as my Savior. When you make Jesus your Savior, you miss hell, you make heaven, and He makes your life worth living. Is that simple enough? So if you've never done that, you need to come up and do that before you leave. Hey, greet a couple of people, love on them, and you're dismissed. Thanks for coming today. God bless you.